Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nina's Got Good News. This is your host, Nina B. Clark, coming to you from coastal Connecticut. Thank you all so much for showing up and coming back to episode 106. I hope you're all enjoying some beautiful spring weather wherever you are. I know here in Connecticut, we've been loving the sunshine lately. So I hope the same for you where you live. I want to just take a quick second to say a proper thank you to all of you listening and supporting this podcast. We recently won our very first award. That's right. I'm so excited. Cue the applause. We were recognized as best local podcast by Darien Lifestyle Magazine here in Connecticut. So excited to receive that award. I know none of this would be happening without you guys listening and supporting positive content. So thank you guys so much. We all need more good news in our lives. So again, a very big thank you. We have a lot of other good things happening this spring in our house, from birthdays to anniversaries, and we're also preparing for Charlie's graduation. I can't believe it. It's happened so fast. They say, if you blink, you'll miss it, and it really did happen. Wow, time flies. Um, Just a lot of of end-of-the-year school stuff happening. It's hard to keep all their schedules straight these days, which is why we nickname the month of May. We call it Mayhem. We also have a lot of lacrosse for our kids right now too. And we love lacrosse season for our kids. It's awesome. Okay. So speaking of the kids, today's episode is proudly brought to you by Mary Roos Organics. This is what my kids use. This is the only brand of vitamins and supplements that we use in our house. So be sure to check out one of their new products, the teen multivitamin gummies. If you have teenagers, these um, multivitamin gummies are great for teenagers but they actually have the best vitamins for the entire family, whether you have babies, toddlers, um, teenagers, women, men, they have, they have vitamins for everyone. So if you go to maryroosorganics.com and use my promo code, good news, you will save money at checkout. Again, it's maryroos.com and use my promo code, good news, and you will save money. And of course that's always good news because we all want to save money right now. Right. And if you missed all that information, Just go to the show notes, which is at the bottom of this episode and all that information, the link to purchase and the promo code to save money, all that information will be in the show notes below. Okay, so on to episode 106. Here we go. I'm so excited about today's episode. No matter what sport you love, no matter what sport you watch, no matter what sport you play or your kids play, you're going to love today's inspirational Cinderella story. About a month ago, the college men's ice hockey national championship game took place, and the school who won the whole thing is called Quinnipiac University here in Connecticut. It took them nearly three decades of building their program, but they did it. For the first time in their program history, the Quinnipiac University men's ice hockey program won the national championship. It was such an awesome game. It was amazing to watch. I loved seeing this game. It was so exciting. The well-respected man who led them there is our guest today. You guys are going to love him. Coach Rand Pecknold is one of those people that you just want to be around. You want to spend time with him. His energy is that good. Rand Pecknold is known for his strong leadership skills and his ability to, to develop his players. 
Today, we talk all about how we spent 29 years, that's right, 29 years building this program from the ground up. Nothing ever good happens overnight. Trust me on this one. 29 years it took. Also, if you're a parent and your kid plays sports, we also talk about how crazy youth sports can be these days, and he we get his advice on that. And also, Rand shares his expert advice for kids who want to play sports at the college level, not just hockey, but sports at the college level. I'm going to predict, predict now that someone will make a movie or a documentary about Rand Pecknold very soon and his amazing story. It is my honor to bring you my recent conversation with Rand Pecknold from Connecticut. And Quinnipiac men's ice hockey coach Rand Pecknold joins me now. Are you in your office in Hamden, Connecticut right now, Rand? Where are you? Uh, I'm in my house. I'm in our oh, home. <laughs> Even better. Okay, good. So great to see you, Rand. How are you doing? Congratulations. I can't even imagine what the past month has been like for you. But first of all, congratulations. And also just how are you doing right now? Well, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Um, you know, obviously a, a special moment for for me personally and for our, for my family and certainly for Quinnipiac University. But it's it's been a whirlwind. Like we just keep keep things like we did that through the pitch at Fenway. I did the stock, I rang the bell at the stock exchange. We were at the state capitol yesterday. We're working on the White House. I think that's going to happen. Um, there's just so many, you know, crazy things going on. I did the, the Spit and Chicklets podcast I did was was crazy. I didn't realize how many listeners they had. Um, so that's that generated that, that that kind of opened the doors to a lot of other things. Uh, but it's been great. So we're you know excited and it's all it's all good right now. Yeah. Do you have an agent already, Rand? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have an agent that kind of helps me with my contract once in a while, but I don't really have an agent. But um, uh, my friend, Michael Breed, uh, who's in the golf world, keeps hammering me like I got to get an agent. I got to get an agent. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But right now, I'm just kind of enjoying the moment. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so what has it been like the past month? What was like what was sort of a pinch me moment other than winning? But after the win, what was sort of the pinch me moment? Um, you know, honestly, I don't, I don't know if I've had it yet. Um, I don't think it's, it's completely sunk in that we, that we won. Um, I've, I've mentioned this a few times. I'll say it again. I, 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 every day there's a college hockey news. It's called CHN. There's an app on your phone that every college coach, every hockey fan has this, this college hockey people, and you can look up scores. And I, I check the score of our game every day. Sometimes I check it twice and I just see it. I'm like, okay, yeah, we did win. So uh, I don't I don't know if I've, I've had that moment yet. Um, I've had a lot of cool moments. Um, you know, ringing the bell at the stock exchange was was really cool. The, the pitch at Fenway Park was cool. That was I love that because my team was with me that time. Yes. When I did the Yankees in 2016, um, I did have my my oldest son Tate on the field with me. I think he was a uh, 10 or 11 at the time. But that I, I enjoyed having my my players out there with me. I think that was a special experience for them. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So let's go back to the championship game. You guys were up against the number one ranked team, Minnesota. So I still can't believe that Quinnipiac beat the number one ranked team. I'm like, I'm so amazed by it all. But I was watching and in my mind, you were the hero of the game because you pulled the goalie with with so much time left, more time left than a hockey mom like me would have been normally comfortable with. Yeah. But I feel like that move, that decision kind of made it all happen but what do you think about that that decision I mean yeah it's it's hard to say um but yeah I mean if if it doesn't work and they score like I get you know I'm going to get torched <laughs> you know so um I'm definitely aggressive as a coach um in pulling the goalie I think I'm aggressive in a lot of areas and 
I use the phrase a lot, not with my players, but with my staff and just with myself of play to win. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people in the hockey world and in world in the world in general, just in life in general, that that just play to play to not lose. There's a big difference in your mindset. Um, there, there's a lot of coaches in the college hockey world that are just, hey, a tie is a good thing. Like, I, I don't I don't want to tie. I'm playing to win. Um, so I'm, I'm aggressive and obviously it paid off in that moment. Oh my God. I know. I love the play to win. I'm going to steal that now with my kids. I love that. It's so good. So let's talk a little bit about the road from being a D2 school to a D1 school. Let's talk about that journey because um, growing up in New Haven and Hamden, um, it was Quinnipiac College and my mom worked there and it was a D2 school. This was a long time ago. And I know you've, you've been there for 29 years. So you basically were part of this journey. So Walk us through the journey from going from a D2 school to a D1 school. How did you make that happen? Yeah, I mean, just it was great. Like I got there and, you know, we, you know, it was it was we were D2 school, but we played low level D3 hockey, actually. Um, I barely had enough players my first year to to even play. Um, I came in late. The recruiting hadn't been done in years. Um, We practiced at midnight. It it was pretty Mickey Mouse. Um, we, We had kids you know, drinking on their way to practice. And I had to quell that right away. Like, guys, we, we can't be drunk at practice. So that was, that was step number one. Um, but it just was a, you know, it was a long journey. There's a lot of steps along the way. We, we got, I got really lucky in that our president, John Lee, he made the decision to go division one in all sports. And he, John was brilliant. And his mindset was we would do that athletically to become a better academic school, which I was kind of like, how, I don't know how that worked, but it did work. Um, and you know, it's really the Doug Flutie phenomena, which which worked for BC back in the early 80s, right? He throws that pass, he's the Heisman, and uh, applications go through the roof, and you get more selective, and your 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 criteria goes up. Um, and then, uh, so we went to Division One in our fifth year, and we did really well, and then we built the rink, which was huge. Uh, we need that first-rate facility. And then Vermont left the ECAC to go to hockey, so the ECAC needed a team, so we got, to, we got chosen to go into the better league. So there's a lot of little things that happened. The budgets increased, the scholarships increased. It was all kind of incremental. And then the, the big step was in 2012, 13 year, you know, we made the frozen four. We ranked number one in the country for a month or two. And that kind of launched us. Um, and that was a team. That was, we had a really good team, but we had a lot of kids that nobody wanted. You know, I think, I think I, we had 27 players on that team. I think uh, 19, we were their only offer. So we shouldn't have been there, but we were, you know, so some things happened and that kind of launched us. And now we've just maintained that for the last 11, 12 years. Yeah, I still can't believe that you you had all these goalies trying out way back when. <laughs> you asked them, you asked yeah. them if they'd ever skated because you needed skaters. I think that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I had 17 skaters and I had 12 goalies try out the first year. And you need more than 17 players. You, you know, like I had 23 skaters this year, I think. So you need more than that. But yeah, none of them did. None of them had played out. But yeah, I actually asked the question, which I still can't believe I even asked them. But I know. That's so awesome. Yeah. Did any of them say yes? I hope so. No, no. They all said no. They all looked at me like I had three heads. Yeah, but I love that lesson there about like, you know, you didn't give up, even though the odds were kind of stacked against you. I mean, first of all, the midnight practice time is like awful. Awful. Just with that alone, I would have almost thrown in the towel. But good for you that you you like believed in it and you believed in the program. And, you know, you basically built it from built it from the ground up, which is which is so awesome. Would you would you say that? Ice hockey is put it is making Quinnipiac a household name more so than the Quinnipiac pole or which one do you think is 
more putting, you know, making Quinnipiac into a household name now? Well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I mean, the Quinnipiac poll is excellent. They do a great job with that. Um, we get a lot of notoriety for that. But I, I think for the last 12, 13, I mean, John Lay used to say it at presentations, he's like, you know, what is what is Quinnipiac known for? And it's always number one is men's hockey. And number two was the poll. Um, so I'm stealing that from John Lee. So I don't want anybody from the poll to get mad at me. Um, and then with this national championship, like you can't, you can't put a value on, on, on what, what my players just did for Quinnipiac. Like you can't, it's, it's just been unbelievable. The amount of, uh, whether it's social media or ESPN or wall street journal or Forbes or throwing a pitch at Fenway, like there's just so many, the amount of exposure Quinnipiac's getting right now, you really can't put a value on that. Um, somebody, uh, somebody tried, they thought it was like 150 million. You'd have to spend oh. advertising. Um, I love that. I don't that. know if that's the right number, but it, it's it's a lot. It's crazy the the amount we've got. Oh my God, Rand! And you're the you're the <laughs> fearless leader of the whole operation. I love that. It's so awesome. Now, Rand, what do you think? You know, you've made it as you mentioned. You've made it to the championship games before, and unfortunately, it, it never worked out for for you and your Quinnipiac team. So, what do you think made the difference this year? What was different? Do you think was it? Um, I mean, a little bit of it is there's a little bit of, of puck luck when you get in those games, you know, like it's not it's one and done. And there's so many things can happen. Like the first time we played, yeah, we beaten them three times that year. We were the better team and their goalie played great. Jeff Mal, he was great. The game of his life and give him credit. He won a national championship for Yale. And, you know, we missed a half empty net early in the game when it was nothing, nothing. Uh, one of my best players had a breakaway. When it was nothing, like those two goals were two nothing. The game, like we win, you know, we we shut them down. We were the best defensive team in the country, but uh, we miss an empty net, and the goalie makes a save, and all of a sudden they score kind of a squeaker, and and then the second time was North Dakota. They were significantly better than us, more talented. Uh, that was one of the best teams in a long time, uh, but still we could have beat them, you know. And we just we just didn't have a great game. We didn't play well. They played really well, and then we get to Minnesota who's maybe one of the most talented teams, not just in the last 20 years, maybe ever. There's probably top five talent ever. Um, and we were overmatched from that standpoint, but talent doesn't always win. Um, to, you know, uh, you know, culture can beat talent. We had plenty of talent. Don't get me wrong. I have plenty of really good players that are going to play in the NHL. Um, but our, our culture just kind of came through on that day and our guys just believed and you know, we, they wanted it so badly that second half of the game, the late in the second and the third, like it just, it just was going to happen for us. So it was kind of a neat moment for us. And, you know, it's, you know, was it the David versus Goliath? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, we're still a really good team We're we were the number two team in the country, Minnesota and Michigan were just loaded with talent. Um, and we were a little bit older and, and just had our kind of that selfless mindset of we'll do whatever it takes to win. And, you know, you see that over and over in sports, not just hockey and baseball and basketball. It happens all the time where, you know, good teams beat, teams with more talent. And that's what, that's really what we did. Yeah. I love that. I feel like your, your culture on your team, you know, like you talked about, that's so important. I feel like that's sometimes that's, that's the winning ticket. So I love that. I think that's awesome. So Rand, if, you know, I have some listeners that may not necessarily be hockey people. So right. I sort of wanted to broaden it out with some of your takeaways, just some of your good advice, because you have such good advice about, you know, if someone's trying to build something, you know, even if it's not a hockey team, but if someone's trying to build a business or build a brand, you know, from the ground up, what is your best advice since you've basically done that with Quinnipiac men's hockey? And I know it took 29 years, but you yeah. did, so what's your advice for people that are trying? Um, to do 
I mean, there's so many different things, you know, like people ask me, how, how do you, why I ask NHL GMs and AGMs and coaches are like, why, how do you do this? I said, NHL player the other day asked me, how, like, how do you, how do you win? Um, I had one of the top golf pros in the country who our sons were playing hockey to ask me, how do you do this? You know? And I'm like, you can't, you can't answer it in once, like it's an hour and a half conversation. There's so many things you have to do to build culture. But the one thing I would say, our, our slogan this year that I had with our boys was embrace the grind. To me, that's so important. Uh, <clears throat> like you just have to understand in life, whether it's hockey or building a business, whatever you're doing, it's a grind. And like life's not fair and you're going to get curveballs and you're going to get changeups and things not going to be easy. And I think if you embrace that grind and you attack that grind, you're going to have a lot more success. And that was the thing that we talked a lot about, you know, this year we talked all season about like when there's adversity, it's going to come. So we're going to attack it in a positive manner. And we're, we're down to nothing in Minnesota in a national championship game, a million plus viewers on TV, 20,000 screaming people in the rink, all that pressure. And my guys didn't, they, they weren't nervous. They didn't bat an eye. I mean, we were, we were like, Oh God, we're down to nothing. Yeah, sure. We knew the score. Uh, but there was none. There was, we still believed we could win. And I think that's because we talked a lot all year about embracing the grind and attacking adversity. So that would be probably my, I guess that's two pieces of advice. They're kind of, you know, they, they kind of overlap a little bit. Um, but I think it's, you know, you just have to accept it's going to come. I think so many people, when bad things happen, they, you know, it's like, woe is me. And I spilled the milk and, you know, well, Hey, you, you can't cry or spill milk, right? There's a million ways you can say it. You just got to kind of move on. Yeah. I love it. Embrace the grind. Would you also say, Rain, because it did take 29 years, I feel like a lot of people want things so much faster these days. You know, they think that things happen so quickly, like success happens overnight and it really doesn't. And I feel like you're such a great example of that, that it took 29 years of embracing the grind and the putting in the hard work. And, you know, you kind of have to have patience. And I feel like that's something that we need to sort of share with the younger audience, you know, younger people these days. Yeah. yeah pa patience is a good, patience is a good topic. Um, I mean, for sure, you, you know, you just, you, 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 you know, and where we were when I started at Quinnipiac, like we were, we were in division one and even earlier, like a national championship wasn't even a, it wasn't even a, a thought. Like we had two scholarships starting out. Like we didn't have the full complement. We didn't have a rank. We didn't have the budget. Like, so it's, and, and again, you gotta, I think you gotta set your goals also appropriately. Like, even though I won a national championship in year 29, my first 10, 12 years, a national championship was not even close to being realistic. So that wasn't my goal. You wanted those midnight ice times to get that. <laughs> yes. Even in 2012, 13, like we played for the national championship. Like that wasn't my goal at the beginning of the year it was, you know, win our league, get to the NCAA tournament and see if we could win a game or two. Um, I don't even know if it was realistic to get to the Frozen Four that year. Like we just, we've come so far. And then once you get there, then, okay, now you change your goals. Now the Frozen Four is our goal every year. National championships are goal every year. Uh, but I, I agree with you. Like you, you need to be patient as you, as you go through life. Now, there are a lot of moms and dads out there that listen to this. And I feel like, you know, since your, your kids play sports, my kids play sports, you know, what is your message about youth sports these days? I feel like it's gotten crazier and crazier. And because your kids play, I know you can relate to this, but yeah. I feel like a lot of moms and dads kind of need some advice on that because yep. it sometimes just feels really crazy and way different than when we were. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's even different in the last 10 years. I think it's, it's too crazy. Uh, Nikki and I get caught up in it sometimes too much. And we're like, wait, we got to pull back here. Uh, the first thing I would say is play multiple sports. All the studies show um, you know, you shouldn't focus on one sport at too young of an age. You'll be a better athlete in the long run. And there are kids that, 
you know, all they do is play hockey at age 10 or nine, eight or nine, and they might be better than your kid at that age, but you will see at 15, 16, 17, your kid will catch and pass them because uh, they don't develop those other athletic skills. Um, it doesn't happen with every kid, but it happens with a lot of them. Uh, and then some of those kids also burn out. But, um, you know, I don't think you need to you need to chase everything. And sometimes Nikki and I get caught in that, too. We're like, well, everybody's going to this tournament. Everybody's going to that tournament. And, you know, sometimes I think it's really important, um, you know, more than we want them to be a great hockey player or a great baseball or pick your sport, we want them to be a great person. And you got to let them grow as a kid and and, and learn. And, and you also need to, I really think it's important, people really, I think parents struggle a lot with when their kids fail. Like failure is a great very valuable lesson in life at any age. And, you know, for them to be successful in life, they need to learn to fail and learn how to be, be able to rebound from that failure. Oh my gosh, Rand, can, we need like an hour on just like <laughs> youth sports advice because I feel like- Well, that's why Caroline wants, Caroline wants to do the podcast. We'll get this thing going and we'll-, we'll... <laughs> wants you to do a podcast. I know. Are you, st- are you thinking about doing a podcast, Rand? Uh, I, yeah, well, Caroline's pushing it with me. She hasn't pushed me lately, but- it's a thought. I don't know about time commitment, stuff like that, but I, I don't know how many episodes we'd actually get. I might run out of material. I don't think so. Because honestly, I do think that we all struggle with this so much. And I, I, I first want to say like, thank you for sharing that you and Nikki struggle with this too, because that actually makes me feel better (laughs) that we're all doing it. You know, this is your world. And the fact that you guys, you know, deal with these same issues that, that actually, makes makes you so relatable to the rest of us. So I appreciate that. Um, and Rand, I know a lot of kids out there, including my own, want to play sports in college and yours, yours might or might not want to do that as well as a goal. But I feel like that process also is extremely overwhelming just to, you know, I, I don't know, what is your advice on that front too? Is it like, go to the, should we be going to these summer sports camps? Should we go to the showcases? Not just, you know, broaden it out from hockey. I'm just talking about sports yep, in general right. for college. That process is extremely overwhelming. So what is your advice on that front? I mean, it's hard. I, I think like I'll just, cause I'll focus. I know we're talking about every sport, but in the hockey world, like there's some great showcases and you're going to go and there's going to, and you play well, it's going to be great. Um, but you could go there. And if, if you're not in shape, like you can hurt, you can do as much harm as you can. Good. Some people just say, go to show, go to showcases. Well, as much as coaches are highlighting kids they want to recruit, boys or girls they want to recruit, they're also crossing names off. So that's really important. If if you've got any kind of an injury or you're not in shape or you haven't been playing in a while, I would I would really think through those things. I think people make that mistake a lot. Um, <clears throat> but you got to pick and choose. Like the the youth, the world of youth sports is a money maker now for a lot of people. Some of these these guys that are running these tournaments are making three, four, five hundred thousand a year or more. I mean, it's crazy the amount of money they make off it. Um, but some are good. Some are some are good. You know, some places are good. Like there's, I know um, a lot of school, like in some of the other sports, like I know in field hockey, our coach at Quinnipiac does a couple, they do a couple ID camps a year. Now, now you're there with the coaches. I, I think that's a good model. Now you're getting a really good look. Make sure you're in shape when you go to do that and play your best um, and understand the importance of that. But um, those might be better than just a general showcase. Um but in the end, I do think, at least in the hockey world, the Division One coaches, uh, the assistants who do almost all the recruiting, do a really good job. Like my my two guys are awesome. Like they they're gonna if, if there's a if there's a hockey player, they're gonna find them. You know, so I would say that probably for most sports, like if you're really good, you're gonna get found. And then do you do you is your advice <clears throat> about college overall 
like, do you tell your own kids, like, keep your grades up first and foremost, and then sports is like your second thing? Like, where does the academic thing come in? Yeah, I think you can do both well. That's the same thing we focus on at Quinnipiac. Like, why why is one more important than the other? They're, they're both important. Um, you know, I, m- what I do with my team all the time, we talk about a commitment to excellence. We're going to be great in everything we do. You know, if I if I send you down to Nail New Haven to the cancer ward, you're going to be you're going to be great with those kids. If I, you know, if we're going to go uh, to Mill Hill School and and teach fire safety week, stop, drop, and roll, we're going to be great at it. You know, we're going to have energy. We're you know, and that's not. We also recruit high character kids. Um, so I, I would say I really believe like it, it, with my kids, it's we're going to be great in school and we're going to be great at athletics and we're going to be great at everything. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. See, you need a podcast. Rand. I can't, I can't, I can't tell, I can't say it enough. So Rand, tell us, you know, I know, I know this is this, I'm putting you on the spot here, but everyone, everyone kind of wants to hire you now. <laughs> so how is that working out for you? Like, are you thinking about it? I know NHL teams are after you. What are your thoughts on that? Are you even remotely interested? I mean, I think you always have to listen to any offer that comes your way or any interest. It's nice. It's, it's flattering. Um, but I, I'm in a great situation at Quinnipiac. Like I love my job. Um, you know, my athletic director, Greg Amodio is great. He's great to work with. I, Jack McDonald, I've been really Jack McDonald's my AD before that for 20 years. So I've had these great bosses. Um, Quinnipiac is committed to to men's hockey with the budget and stuff that we need. And we're, re- we're renovating our locker room right now, a huge project that just started recently. Um, <clears throat> so sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence. You know, I've got, I've got a great job. I've got great job security. Um, I'm in a good situation financially. So yeah, would you, would I look at other things? Yeah, but you have to kind of weigh everything in. And, and then also like my, my kids love, you know, Southport, Connecticut. They love it. They love it here. They're all settled in school. My oldest is away at prep school. He's almost ready for college, but uh, Nikki loves it here. She's got all her tennis friends. And so it's, a, you know, it, our life is really good right now to kind of pick everything up, uh, especially if you go to the NHL. Like I got, I got plenty of buddies that coach in the NHL and they're like, first thing you got to know is you're, you're not going to see your family for eight months or maybe if seven, if you get knocked out early, <laughs> but like you literally don't see them at all. And so that's not really something that, you know, I'm overly excited about, but um, obviously a lot of guys do do go that route and you make a lot of money and, it, you know, you're coaching the best players in the world. So you never rule anything out, but right now I'm, I'm in a good spot. I'm happy. Yeah, you really are. Do you, and do you watch Ted Lasso, Rand? Cause I feel I like Ted Lasso or just like, you guys have some similarities. <laughs> I'm not as funny as that guy. That guy's funny. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. He's great. Um, but yeah, um, I do watch it. I love the show. I love it. I'm a, I'm a few episodes behind. I got to get caught up. Oh, you got to catch up. It's so good. This yeah. last week was so good. Do you make your team watch it too, Rand? I don't know. I don't make them watch anything. Okay. We just focus on hockey and academics. And then we do do some community service. And other than that, I need to they got enough things that I'm on them about. They don't need me talking to them about what they want. I actually, I'll hit them up every now and again for like a good show. I'll be, hey guys, I'm, I just finished my Netflix show. What, what, are you, what are you guys watching now? Yeah, that's good. And sometimes I get good ones and sometimes they're pretty bad. So um, I usually go to um, a couple of my buddies. Uh, Pat is really good. My buddy James, they're good. They usually have good shows for me. Those are usually my go-to guys. Yeah, we'll keep keep the Ted Lasso going. Into, too bad this is the last season, but I just feel like, Every time I watch it, I'm so inspired. And I feel like every time I, you know, see something that you're up to on Instagram and your team, I just feel like that same dose of inspiration. So, um, 
And then my final question for you, Rand, is I feel like because your story is so inspiring and it took 29 years, I almost feel like it's out of a movie, you know, literally. So has anyone approached you about doing some sort of a screenplay or a documentary about your um, journey? No, not yet. I've, you're probably maybe the 20th person that's asked me that to do a, you know, or do a 30 for 30 on sports on, on ESPN or something. Yeah. So I've had people bring that up uh, before also and now. But nothing like official. I've had uh, a few book increase, a um, couple podcast things. So yeah, I, I, right now I'm just like, I'm in. I'm enjoying the moment. I'm in survival mode, <laughs> just trying to get through a couple more weeks of this, and hopefully things will slow down a little bit. So I'm not sure. Um, I had a couple of people really push like, you should, you should do a book, you should do a book, and I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't want to write a book. I guess I'd have to get a ghostwriter or you know somebody to help you. Why, you need an agent, Rand. This yeah, is, I know, I know, I know. This is this really isn't my world. My world, is, I know, is 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 being a hockey coach. I think I'm pretty good at it, you know. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I don't Clearly. really want to transition into being, you know, a book writer or a movie guy or or you know a media person. That's not yeah. what I do. But I'll certainly consider it and and. You know, um, I did do a book a long, long time ago, and the, the guy that was supposed to write it with me, this is why I'm reluctant, <clears throat> really, really dropped the ball and did, did a poor job and kind of abandoned the project. And then the company, the, um, like, I won't even say the name of the publisher was like, you have to do this. And I'm like, well, this guy's gone. Like he, so anyway, it wasn't a good experience. Right. And the book came out okay. It was just about hockey drills, but it wasn't what I wanted and wasn't what I right. said before. So that's why I'm a little reluctant. Well, now, that. I mean, I feel like you're, it's, so much more than hockey. I feel like all the 29 years of your, of yeah. the lessons along the way have, yeah. you know, can really um, help everybody with, with everything. So yeah. it's just, you know, just something to think about. Cause I think you'd be awesome. It's almost like mighty mm -hmm. ducks or something, you know, like I think <laughs> about all the hockey movies that my kids like to watch. So yeah. Anyway, well, it's so good to talk to you, Rand. I'm so excited for you and Nikki and your kids and for the Quinnipiac community, Bobcats. I love the uh, the new slogan on all the t-shirts that instead of Quinnipiac, it was Winnipiac. Yeah, that's great. I don't know who came up with that. It's brilliant, though. It was so good. It was <clears throat> so good. So I'm so, so excited for you guys. Thanks for sharing all your good news with us today, Rand. And um, can't wait to keep following your journey are you going to be um, keeping up on your Instagram because you want everyone to go and follow you there or what's the best way for people to connect? Um, so, I, so I'm better with the Twitter. Okay. And I just, my daughter's got me on the Instagram. I need to get better with that. I don't know how to maneuver with that. They, they helped me a little bit. They told me they'd help me more and it hasn't happened. So I'm, I'm a kind of a rookie on Instagram. I'm trying. Twitter, I'm way better at because that's just easier, right? You just retweet. But Instagram, they're trying to tell me I got to do some things there. Yes. Um, and, and I do tell my daughters once in a while, we'll, we'll get, we'll do the odd TikTok, but then they don't want to post it. <laughs> I have a great one with Georgia from a couple of years ago. It was awesome. We did a bunch during the pandemic. And um, actually during the pandemic, I told her one night when everything shut down, I'm like, I will do a TikTok video once a day for 30 days in a row. And I forgot to know she said, every day. We did one every day. And, oh my God. That's uh, awesome. But she's got a private account. We don't want that. Okay. Me, but, um, All right. It well, was, was really good. Someday you can, you know, maybe. Road. Is that yeah. good? Oh, when that's so that? good. No. We actually practiced. We had a quarter. I thought it was pretty good. The other ones weren't great. That was my good one. So anyway. See, you are as funny as Ted Lasso. You got this, Rand. You're yeah, so good. This. You're so good. <laughs> All right. Well, all the best. We can't wait to follow the rest of the journey and see what's next for you. And just big congratulations. 
And we love the Quinnipiac community. So we're so excited for you guys. And thanks again, Rand. Okay. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Remember, you can find Nina's Got Good News on iTunes and Spotify, also on Google Play, Stitcher, and Outcast. And now we are also on Pandora. Please be sure to subscribe. Also rate and review all her podcasts too. And be sure to share it with a friend. The mission of this podcast is to get better together as a community in the audio space. Please follow my mom on Instagram. Her handle is Nina B. Clark. Don't forget, Clark has an E at the end of it. For now, I'm Blaine Clark. Thank you again for listening, and let's just keep being awesome. XOXL.